We're talking today with Mr. Winston Samet, uh, who is an investment manager with Sequoia Asset Management. He has over 40 years investment experience, including 20 years in the listed property industry. Winston previously was the head of listed securities with the ASX listed property fund manager, Charter Hall Group. Winston, nice to talk to you today. Thank you. Now we're talking property today, in particular the uh, real estate investment trusts. Uh, and there's a lot of subsectors within the, that uh, sector or that industry that includes retail, office, industrial and residential. And then we'll look at some of the alternative opportunities in, in the property trust sector, um, childcare, retirement, living. Um, and just going back a step, and, and in 2023, the, the actual the REIT sector or the index is actually up 14%. So it's been a really strong start to the year despite rising interest rates. So firstly, let's, let's start with, in general, what's your, what's your investment strategy uh, when you're evalu evaluating listed investment trusts? I try to look for a, a total return type scenario. It's not just yield because there are a number of REITs that are offering some very attractive yields, but in terms of the assets that they have or the management might be um, lesser quality. So th that's an important aspect. So we look for um, uh, REITs that have got good management, good assets, a reasonable sort of yield in this environment. Now, you know, uh, last year uh, the sector was yielding about 5%, 4.9% to 5%, um, and in an environment where interest rates were very low, that was quite attractive. Since then, obviously, rates have been rising over the course of the last uh, seven or eight months, um, and so that makes it a little bit more uh, or less attractive in terms of just trying to target yield. Um, uh, but the sector has been very strong um, in January and, and, uh, and also December. Um, and, and that's a function of the fact that they were beaten down quite a lot over the course of the year. There's a number of dynamics playing out within the, the property sector. You've got the, the implications of COVID um, and, what, and the work from home policy, inflation and rising interest rates to name a few. So if we start by looking at the retail sector, I mean, that really has been a victim of COVID in particular, and then the corresponding rapid growth of online sales. How, how does this sector look at present? Well, the sector has been under pressure for most of the year last year, and it probably continues to be under pressure. And the reason for that is, is that um, uh, people have actually been going more online than they have to the physical stores. Uh, particularly over the time when the, the, the malls were closed. Now, the larger malls, the, the, the very big shopping centres, they were the ones that really suffered a hell of a lot. But your neighbourhood um, shopping centres did quite well and have continued to do well because they're, they're basically about a non-discretionary spending. So the larger malls are discretionary where you have to, you don't actually have to buy, it's not a needed type of uh, uh, thing that you're buying, whereas a supermarket uh, or chemist, that sort of thing is, it, it, it's a requirement that you need to, you know, store up for the fridge and so on, your food. So they've been doing quite well. So, so there is a, a dichotomy, as it were, between um, uh, the types of retail that, 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 that's on offer, but they are under pressure and I expect them to continue to be under pressure given the fact that interest rates have continued to rise. Uh, and the cost of living has, has put pressure on, on, on retail in general. And, and as a comparison, the industrial sector really had a boom during uh, COVID. How, how do you see the industrial sector? Well, at the, the industrial sector has been very strong. Um, and uh, over the course of the last, I suppose, 18 months to two years, and it's likely to continue to do so. It's, it's primarily because of you know, warehousing, 
of, of, of goods that people order online um, and trying to get those delivery points closer to the point of delivery. Um, and so the demand for, for industrial has been very strong and we're seeing that in, in valuations. Whereas the valuations of the larger malls have actually been quite under pressure. And the reason for that is that the larger uh, institutional owners of retail property are looking to reduce, have been looking to reduce their exposure to retail. Um, so there's a lot of large malls on the market, as it were, uh, on the quiet, uh, with very few buyers. Uh, the buyers are there at, at much lower prices. Uh, does that mean they have to kind of uh, devalue their assets at some point, these, these uh, retail trusts? Well, that's the thing. As interest rates rise, the value is taken into account rising interest rates in terms of coming up with a capitalisation rate for properties. Um, and the higher the capitalisation rate, the lower the valuation. Um, and, and we've seen cap rates uh, in, in, in retail and in office, which have been the two sectors that have been quite badly impacted by, by COVID, um, where cap rates have, have, have risen quite a bit. So valuations are, uh, have been falling. I was going to ask you about office trusts. And, and as you know, when you're in, in the city, there's not a lot of people in town on Mondays and Fridays. And half, you know, a lot of the offices must be uh, half empty, particularly in regards to this kind of work from home policy that's emerged from COVID. Is this putting a lot of pressure on, the, on office trusts? It is, but the, the, the office owners uh, are sort of trying to put a positive spin in terms of, of what they're saying is, um, we want to offer better facilities for uh, our employees when they come in. So, so the better, um, the newer type of properties are doing reasonably well. But look, this is the real situation. Anybody that thinks that we're going to get to 100% occupancy in terms of people who are working in, in, in offices, I think is totally wrong because uh, now people have choice. And, and of course, outside of COVID, um, the residential property market, and we'll talk about that. I'd be interested to know how you can play that through listed um, trusts on the market, property trusts on the market. Residential has been hit by rising rates, of course, and now we've got higher mortgage rates appearing, particularly with those rolling off on their three-year uh, floating mortgages. What's your thoughts on the uh, residential property market? Well, just to give you an example, one of my previous colleagues um, took out a million dollar mortgage um, two years ago at 1.96%. In a couple of months, that rolls out and he's going to be paying somewhere between 5 and 6%. So the interest bill for him is going to triple. Right across the board, people will be under pressure from these rising interest rates as, as these uh, um, lower interest rate uh, lower mortgages, things roll off. So that's number one. In terms of what's available, you've got to differentiate between um, um, land, apartments and housing. Um, there are different ways of playing that. For example, Stockland is very big on um, uh, with land that they own, have big land banks. And what they do is they sell you a block of land um, they don't actually build the house. You, you have to organise it through, through a builder that's on one of their estates. But th th their deal is land alone. Then you've got somebody like Mervac that's got apartments primarily. And they're good quality, high quality apartments. Mervac's known for um, producing a very good product. Uh, that sector, the, the apartment market, has been under pressure because there was a plethora of, of new apartments being put up left, right and centre in the lower interest rate environment. That's sort of dried up a little bit. 
Um, and then in terms of, of, of the buyers, you've got first home buyers, you've got um, investors. Uh, and the issue with the invest investment market is that as rates rise, um, it, it makes it less economical for someone to buy a property purely to rent. At the end of the day, um, the rental revenue from um, uh, an investment property is about four or five percent, but that's before you take out all the costs associated. So you, you, you invest in, in, in property to get a capital appreciation, not, not the income stream. Yeah, and, and, and so you, you, you also look outside of the, the sort of subsectors we've spoken about. You look into the, what, what you call kind of the alternatives, retirement living, uh, childcare, etc. Where are the opportunities in those subsectors? Okay. In terms of both childcare and um, seniors living, we're not talking about uh, aged care. We're talking about 55s and over, as it were, who are retiring into villages. They're still in good health. Now, the way these both these sectors operate, childcare and um, uh, and retirement living. There, there, there's two entities. There's an operating company which operates the businesses, the childcare centres, the, 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 the aged care, um, and there's the property owner. So there's an opco, as they call it, and a propco. You can invest in the propco, which purely derives an income stream from the rent that's being paid. And remembering both those sectors are government supported. Childcare is very, very well funded by the government and retirement is also well funded by the government. It could be better, I guess, but um, there is government support for both those sectors. So that's a positive in terms of when you're looking at those investments. There is a third um, uh, asset class, which has only sort of come to the fore in the last uh, couple of years, and that's rural assets, where, where a, uh, there is a landlord that owns the land and gets a rental income on the rural property and there's an operating company that whether it's a cattle station or whether it's the growing macadamias or, 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 or almonds, they operate the business. Um, and and they've been quite attractive uh, in the last couple of years. The yield's reasonable on those assets. Winston Salmon, thanks for your time. Always good to talk to you. Pleasure, thank you.